Howdy, everyone. Are you a diehard movie fan who can't get enough of your favorite films? Then we have just the thing for you. Go to MoviesByMinutes.com, the ultimate destination for movie enthusiasts like you. MoviesByMinutes.com is the hub for all things movies, but with a unique twist. Instead of watching a film in one sitting, you can dive deep into your favorite movies one minute at a time. It's like getting an exclusive behind-the-scenes pass to your most beloved movies, and we break down iconic movies into bite-sized episodes where our hosts dissect and discuss each minute of cinematic magic. Whether you're a fan of action-packed blockbusters, heartwarming rom-coms, spine-chilling thrillers, or even classic masterpieces, MoviesByMinutes.com has a podcast series for your every genre and taste. Get ready to enhance your movie-watching experience like never before. MoviesByMinutes.com. It's like having a front-row seat to the magic of the silver screen one minute at a time. Don't miss out on this cinematic adventure, folks. Visit MoviesByMinutes.com today and unlock a whole new dimension of movie appreciation. I now declare the quick draw competition open. Howdy, everyone. Pull up a chair, kick up your boots, take a sip on a nice cold brew. It's the Quick in the Pod, the season two of Support Your Local Podcast, where we take a look at the 1995 Western from Sam Raimi, The Quick and the Dead, one chapter at a time. I am your host, as always, Robert Smith, coming to you from beautiful Tombstone. Yes, that one. Uh, today, we're going to take a look at yet another one of our deleted scenes. Um, this one would be uh, Blind Boy History. Uh, but before I do, I have a public service announcement, uh, one that I promised somebody that I would do. So uh, one of our listeners reached out to me uh, a couple weeks ago, and she brought up a very, very good point. Here throughout the season, I have been accusing the lady, Ellen herself, um, I've been accusing her of being a horse thief. Uh, if you rewind all the way back to episode one of this season, uh, we have her riding into town, getting stopped by Tobin Bell, uh, Mad Dog Kelly. And she, to me, I always thought had stolen his horse. Um, when he shot at her, it scared hers off. Uh, and in return, she took his horse because he would need it. He stuck to the wagon wheel. She reached out to me, uh, which I want all of you guys to do when you come up to this stuff. It was great conversing with her. But, but she brought up a very valid point that when you look at the scene, uh, the horse that Tobin Bell has has a black mane, has darker features, and the one that Ellen is riding when she first comes in has lighter features. And that's very important because when we get to the scene where Tobin Bell wakes up and sees the lady getting ready to ride off on what I thought was his horse... Uh, it rears up and you can see that it in fact has the lighter features. This is most definitely Ellen's original horse. So uh, Laughing Raven, if you're listening, I hope you are. Uh, I apologize. I apologize to our listeners. I specifically apologize to the lady. You are not in fact a horse thief. You are, however, a hat thief. She did 1,000% take his hat, and I'm not taking that one back. But anyways, uh, I promise I would say that. I just wanted a correction. Uh, I, I stand corrected. I'm a man of my word. 
Uh, but yeah, let's uh, let's jump into our deleted scene for the day. Uh, as I said before, it is Blind Boy History. And uh, we start the scene with a, a beautiful dusk sky. And there's a view coming from the middle of the street, and our, our buildings are on either side. And um, there are clouds in the sky, but the sky itself is still a very bright blue. And uh, we see several lanterns hanging on ropes that are stretched across the street, but something stands out immediately when, when I see this. I'm, I'm like 97% sure that this shot is shot uh, day for night. And uh, that's a term that, if, if you're not familiar, is a, it's a very common trick in movie making. They uh, uh, say your scene needs it to be nighttime, but for whatever reason, you are not able to shoot at night. And, you know, that can be something as, as simple as your actors are not willing to shoot overnight, um, the added difficulties of lighting to make the shot look good in total darkness, whatever it may be. Um, but essentially, the movie makers alter the negative of the shot to darken it and give it the appearance of being nighttime. And usually when it's done very well, it's not blatantly obvious to, to, the, to most moviegoers. Um, however, if it's done poorly, that's a, that's a little bit of a different story. And it, it, can, it can take some people completely out of the movie because our brains recognize something isn't quite right it hits that that uncanny valley that, that you always hear about but whatever uh reason that i believe that this was shot day for night is because of the brightness of the sky um if if you've managed to score these deleted scenes like i did and again look on the internet guys it's not it's not that hard to find um go take a look at this one and you'll hopefully see kind of what i mean I'll try to uh, remember to make this the screenshot that I, I put on the, the social media post uh, for the episode. But um, we, we have these little lanterns hanging off on the ropes, uh, but the entire fronts of the buildings to her right are lit up like it's midday. You know, the source looks like it is coming from above, like, I don't know, a sun. And... The lady, as she walks up, is is also overly bright on her right side. And to be fair, Sam Raimi and the DP could easily have put an extra light on the side to capture Sharon Stone's face in the shot. But that bright blue sky is still really iffy for me to buy that. And living out here in Arizona, I can attest, on a clear night, uh, the moon can actually be so bright that when I look out my, my, my bedroom window, like it, the, the, the ground is lit up, like it's still daytime, but it's still very much night. There's not, there's not a bright blue sky there when, when that's happening. So just something, eh, I, I'm 97% sure I'm around that. What do you guys think? Hit me up. Let me know. Is it day for night? Is it shot correctly? What's, what's going on with that? Um, as I mentioned, the, the lady's walking towards the camera, and as she gets a little bit closer, we see that she is in her fancy dress. I wonder if it has pockets. She continues walking to the end of the frame, and we cut to a reverse shot, and now we have the back of the blind boy's head in the left of the frame, with his face obscured and in shadow, because, you know, drama, and he appears to be holding a bottle of some sort. 
and Sharon Stone's walking past him. The boy asks her with a, a drunken voice, so we know what may be in that bottle, but he, he asks her what she's all dressed up for. And this catches her attention, and, and she turns to look over her shoulder. Spoilers for later, when, when I go over where we, we think the scene lands in the movie, but we can see in the distance that the lady was walking towards the fountain that the cord is usually tied to, and uh, we can see all the candles strewn around it. So this one's going to be pretty easy to figure out where, where it lands. But um, the lady spins all the way around to face him, and she questions him. Oh my goodness. Are we finally, finally going to crack the case? She asks him, how did you know it was me? Before we dive into that, have to make a comment. They immediately cut from the view of Sharon Stone's point of view and the blind boy sitting there and looking at the ground and holding his, his bottle of booze. And, and, and that's, but that's not it, though. On the little bench behind him, and forget the day for night stuff. If you can find this scene, this is why you need to see the scene. On the little bench behind him, the, you know, the little bench that Sharon Stone was sitting on earlier, again, her, her shoe shined. There's a skeleton sitting there. It's, it's heads hanging back like it had passed out or, or like how you see people passed out in a recliner, you know? When I first saw it, I guffawed. And, and, and laughter, and I was I was not expecting that, and I know that it's likely because we're celebrating uh, Dia de los Muertos, uh, so it's it's just a decoration. But you know, Ramy, and Ramy had to have put it there just to get a chuckle out of whoever catches it. Um, it it's worth it's worth a look, guys. I, I guarantee you'll you'll chuckle. But uh, all right. Uh, back to finally uncovering the truth about this fraud, this charlatan, this finger quotes blind boy. Let's get into this. He tells her that everything sounds different if you really listen. And, and we cut back to Sharon Stone and see that her, her slight flash of offense and anger is, is starting to soften. She, she approaches the boy, which, you know, being a PC world, I've, I've called him the blind boy this entire movie, and that's because he is young. Um, I, I, I took the time to see how old uh, was, was Jerry Swindle, and that's, that's who played him. He was born in 1979. He's just a few years older than, than I am, actually, and I'm not old. So you hear that, Mike and Harry? I'm not old. Um, so when he appeared in this movie, he was 16. So... As a crotchety old man, or at least as old as my friends Harry and Mike think I am. Hi guys, love you, my friends. Sixteen is still considered a boy to me. Um, however, the dude is chugging whiskey, and this is the eighteen hundreds we're talking about. And he lives in redemption. So, sixteen could very well be middle aged at this time. So, apologies, Mister Blind Guy, if if it is offensive. But I've made it this far. We've only got a couple more weeks with you guys. Blind boy to the end. Sorry. He asks the lady if she's going to his house. And she asks back, how do you know everything? Before he answers, let, let, me, let me put on my Columbo hat. Which is funny because Columbo almost never wore a hat. 
In fact, I can't think of a single time that Columbo did wear a hat. But um, he heard you walking. Your dress makes a swishing sound. The, the direction that you're walking is the end of the road. And I'm restraining myself not to input a boys to men sound bite there. Which only has two options. Either you got all fancied up to go visit court, chained to the fountain. Or you're heading towards the always fancy dressed Herod's house. What do you think, Detective Pikachu's? He, he tells her that, and this is a, a direct quote, so forgive my grammar. I got took there when I could still see. Aha! We have half a confession already. Let's, let's see where this goes. So, apparently, Herod's men were messing with him and making him dance. And I'm calling a Western trope alert. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Bad guys shooting at the feet of someone to make them dance. We, we see it all the time. It's in Back to the Future 3, for Christ's sake. He then tells her that he got a muzzle flash in the face, which sounds horrible, but I, I'm trying to figure out the logistics of that one. Where, where was this person standing while the boy was being made to dance? If his was the muzzle flash that blinded him, then is he presumably the guy that was also making him dance? Like, Christ, who who puts a gun that close to someone's face to point down at that person's feet and shoot? Just, just think that one through for a second. Or was he just one of the people there while someone else was doing the shooting to make him dance. Which, if that's the case, if he's that close to the blind boy, then his feet are just as in danger of being shot. And I'll, I'll not call another Western trope alert this time, but go back to season one, and now that I think about it, I'm pretty sure I mentioned it in this season too with a couple of the showdowns, People standing insanely close to someone that is actively being shot at. Why is that a thing in Westerns? Why? Why? You can see it from the side, guys. You don't need a point of... Like, you'll get shot. It will hurt. You go bye-bye. Which, as I think that through, if it is someone else shooting at the boy's feet, and the other guy is in the line of fire, was it him saying... Damn it, Foy! Because in my story, it's it's Foy. But he says, damn it, Foy, watch your shooting, and then shoots at Foy in retaliation, thus blinding the boy? Question mark? Anyway, he, uh, he tells the lady that the last thing he ever saw was John Herod laughing at me. And it's decent acting by Swindle. I, I, even, even while acting blind, you know, his, his look of staring in the distance, it, it has some good gravity and, and some really good emotion to it. I, I, I am a fan. Um, he takes a swig of the bottle and we cut back to Sharon Stone looking on. She takes the bottle from him and downs the rest of it, which, you know, dick move lady, dick move. But she then sighs and turns around to go back towards Herod's. 
she looks back over her shoulder and she chucks the bottle back at the boy, telling him he shouldn't drink. Now, the blind boy does catch the bottle, because why wouldn't he? He he overturns it, and that's just to demonstrate that it is now empty as, as we end our scene. So, uh, as usual, a couple things, obviously. Are we saying that this guy is essentially Daredevil at this point? Can he see the sound waves of the bottle flying at his head? Maybe. Just, just maybe. Like he's not completely blind? Question mark. Like, can he still see shapes and such, but not clearly? Um, I, I don't know. You know, I, I, I know I, I had some relatives that they were, they were legally blind, it wasn't the pitch black darkness that, that you think of. This was a person that it gradually happened. So he could, he could refer back to what sight was like. Um, and, and it was like that, just really, really blurry. Um, so maybe it was, maybe it's more like that. Maybe we're just going, or we, me, I'm the accuser. Maybe it's me just going a little bit too far on the spectrum of, of blindness. I, I, I'm not sure, but, um, yeah, I, I guess, you know, for for as excited as I was at the beginning of this, that we're finally going to get some answers. <sighs> I think the jury's still out on, on whether our blind boy is truly blind. Um, the evidence is stacking back into his favor. Um, but then he caught the bottle. I don't know. Anyways, two questions that I ask for all of our deleted scenes. And uh, first is, where does this fall within the movie? And... As I said earlier, this one's pretty cut and dry, or at least I think. Um, you know, the lady's in her fancy dress. She's heading towards Herod's. So this has to happen right before the dinner she has with him and right, right before the scene with Court and the glass of water. So my question, my, my wonder is, which version of the water glass scene exists when when making this one. So does that make sense? So we know that there's two water glass scenes, the one that's in the finished movie. And we have the one that was the deleted scene where she's a little bit more of a dick, which one existed when we shot this for it to, to, to go into, um, you know, that does this lead into the cruel version, uh, or, or had that already been altered? This one leads into the much more offended court's kind of an asshole version. What what do you think? I personally think it's the former. I, I, I and that leads into the second question. Um, should it have stayed in the movie? So I think this one echoes what we've said about a couple of our previous deleted scenes. So first, this gives a lot of background on one of our fairly minor characters. So the blind boy, while pivotal to the execution of the lady's plans, isn't really a major character. So despite the depth that the scene would have given him and another opportunity to display the meanness and cruelty of Herod, does it pay off to stop the progress of the story just to tell us why the blind boy is in fact blind? And to me, it's, it's not really, you know, we, we already know Herod is cruel and a bad guy. 
you know, the fact that Herod is indirectly the cause of what happened to the boy doesn't really have the same impact to me as some of the things we hear and frankly see Herod doing personally that makes him already evil. It's, it's a hat on a hat. Um, also, I do think that the scene is immediately followed with the cruel lady version of the glass of water scene. So when it was altered, this one doesn't play as well. So the actions and the emotions of the lady is a, is a bit mixed here. We, we see her soften and take pity on the blind boy as he's telling his story and that she, she sees him resorting to drinking his sorrows away. She has that empathy there. So when she takes his booze and not only scolds him, but chucks a bottle at him, it doesn't quite fit. She has no reason to believe that he was going to catch that bottle. You know, what <laughs> What a, a different scene it would have been if, bam, bottle of the head had happened. And, I mean, Sharon Stone does have the tough veneer to upkeep. I get that. And her scolding his drinking is right there with telling Katie to grow up. I, I get that, too. But, honestly... I, I didn't quite feel that scene fit the character either. Um, at least in that one, she had just got done shooting a man when we know she's not entirely comfortable doing so. So that's, but, but that's just not happening here with the, with the blind boy. You know, this, this flash of borderline toying with people or showing cruelty doesn't really play for me. Uh, but what do you think? You know, let, let me know. Let, let us know. Tell us, tell us in the comments of our Facebook page um, at Support Your Local Podcast. Hit us up on Instagram at Support Your Local Podcast. Uh, shoot me an email. Uh, that's, what, that's what Laughing Raven did. Hit me up in the email. It's SUP, S-U-P-P, your local podcast at gmail.com. Let us know what you think. Uh, if you haven't already, please take a moment and for absolutely free, rate and review our little pod that could on your favorite podcatchers. And uh, always stay tuned for next week, guys. we got, uh, I think, one, two, maybe 17 more deleted scenes. We're going to keep this rocking and rolling until the wheels fall off. Uh, but stay tuned for next week when we have yet another deleted scene to go over. But until then, folks, love you as always. Uh, can't wait to get in those ear holes once again. Uh, talk to you soon. Please, always and forever, support your local podcast.